other bits on smack. Oh, that's just like a baby and crap there. That's nice. It, it was, sorry, my, my apologies. It was. Now, great oh, audio, it. yeah. Swig a bear for the fellow, man. <laughs> Welcome to episode three of Fresh on the Heels. I can't believe it's week three. Uh, this is a brand new podcast celebrating all things wrestling. We have had two shows covering the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view and then the weekly events from Raw, SmackDown and NXT. We are having a slight change of direction for the show though to hopefully make it a little bit more relatable and interesting. We have also prepared a statement here. So it has been said that anything can happen here on Fresh on the Heels podcast. But now more than ever, truer words have never been spoken. This is a conscious effort on our part to open the creative envelope, so to speak, in order to entertain you in a more contemporary manner. Even though we call ourselves a wrestling entertainment podcast, because of the fact it's a podcast about wrestling, the key word in that phrase is entertainment. The Fresh on the Heels podcast extends far beyond the strict confines of sports presentation into the world of wide entertainment for the broad-based fan. We borrow from such programme niches such as soap operas like The Days of Our Lives or music videos such as those on MTV, daytime talk shows like Jerry Springer and others, cartoons like The King of the Hill on Fox, sitcoms like Seinfeld and other widely accepted forms of entertainment. We on the Fresh on the Heels podcast think you, the audience, are quite frankly tired of having your intelligence insulted. We also think that you're tired of the same old simplistic theory of good podcast versus bad podcast. Surely the era of the super podcast urges you to say your prayers and take your vitamins is definitely passe. Therefore, we've embarked on a more innovative and contemporary creative campaign that is far more invigorating and extemporaneous than ever before. However, due to the live nature of Fresh on the Heels, we encourage some degree of parental discretion as relates to the younger audience. Other podcasts such as Bring It to the Table and Now Accepting Offers, where there's a 40% increase in the younger audience, obviously, however, need no such discretion. We are a responsible podcast producer who works hard to bring you this outrageous, wacky, wonderful world known as Fresh on the Heels. Through some two episodes, the Fresh on the Heels podcast has been an entertainment mainstay here in Northwest England and all over the world. One of the reasons for that longevity, as the times have changed, so have we. I'm happy to say that this new vibrant, creative direction has resulted in a huge increase in podcast listenership, for which we thank Lemon Wipe Media and my co-hosts for allowing us to have the creative freedom. But most especially, we would like to thank you for listening. Fresh on the Heels is definitely the cure for the common podcast. Okay, so that was my statement ripped off from Vince McMahon's Attitude Era changing statement. And the change to the show is going to be a lot more broader and wrestling-based. We're not going to be focusing on just solely the week's events from WWE. We're going to be going back in time looking at some things in the future and looking across all wrestling promotions in general. So how do you feel about this change, Quinn? I think it's going to take us in the right direction. Um, I thought I recognised this statement as well, Webbo, so well done there, my friend. Glad you did. Um, yeah, so I just think it's it's a good thing going forward. I think it'll be a lot more entertaining, I think a lot more engaging. And uh, and with that, we've, we've got a, a mix-up. Um, in the show itself so uh, on that note I'd like to introduce the newest member to Fresh on the Heels uh, Jamie welcome to the show hello it's good to have you and so before we can introduce you to our listeners 
just want to get a bit get the listeners to get to know you a little bit better and tell us a bit about your first experience of the wrestling world i have been watching wrestling uh with quinn since i think the royal rumble 2000 was the first pay-per-view we watched together um i think that was the first one we did but before that, I'd seen highlights. I went to my cousin's house and they had on VHS uh, WrestleMania 15. So the first match I saw was Al Snow, Hardcore Holly, and the Road Dog for the Hardcore title. Uh, so <laughs> that was my first. <laughs> that was my first experience of wrestling. I was like, "What is this? What, Sign me up! <laughs> what is that head thing in the corner?" Yeah, and and then Big Boss Man v the Undertaker in the Hell in a Cell. So I'm I'm sat there. So I was what? I don't even know how old I was then. Ten, I ten, think nine, yeah. nine, ten. And, yeah. yeah, so I'm watching a man get hung, effectively. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and then I just, so I didn't get into it straight away, and then I don't really know how we came to end up watching it. I know, I think Quinn was, you kind of started watching WCW, I think, first, right? And then... I think so, before the days of Sky, when I think it was on Channel 5. Yeah, I do remember a lot of early days, WCW, yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's yeah, Royal Rumble 2000, when The Rock cheated, that was the first... First one we kind of watched, I think, and then Dude, the ever since then, controversial finish. The, the infamous street fight. It was at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, oh, it was a great pay per view. The, the, um, the Hardys v the Dudleys in the first tag table match. Oh yeah, um, Taz's debut. Yeah, it was good. Uh, May Young got her tits out. So <laughs> standard. Who doesn't want to see that? Yeah. No, that sounds. I, I remember that really well. So I, I would have watched my first show, the pay per view afterwards, the No Way Out with yeah, Elvin yeah, yeah, and. Yeah, 2000 as a year for wrestling. I think Quinn touched on this yeah. last week. It was just that they'd pretty much extinguished the competition by that point, hadn't they? And they Definitely. were really sort of in their pomp. They had probably the best roster maybe they've ever had. You can maybe debate that they've got more talent these days, but they, they used everyone properly, didn't they, back then? Yeah, De- Webber, what do you mean crush, squash out the competition? I'll have you find that in 2000, two WCW champions were both Vince Russo and David Arquette. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so sorry. I- yeah. <laughs> but no, it's, it's good to have you here, Jamie. Very, very happy to have you. We've signed the hottest free agent in the amateur podcasting wrestling world. So you have. This is the a, biggest debut since Chris Jericho. It's a real coup for us. On, on a new guest being on the show, a new co-host, should I say, we've got to ask you the question. If you had to choose your own entrance music, what would it be and why? Yeah, so I've known this probably since about the age of 14, I think. No, actually, no, it would have been. So it's My Way, not Frank Sinatra, um, Limp Biscuit. Okay. Because it was a it was the video on the promo for The Rock v Austin at WrestleMania 17. And was. it was just such a good promo. Like I watched it the other day, actually, and it literally gives me... They don't make vignettes like that anymore, and it was just... It's just such a good song as well. Yeah, it was so literally definitely that. It's got to be probably the best promo they've ever done, and, and they ever yeah. will do it. Was really like the the little interview they did with Jr. And they're both probably my favorite WrestleMania as well. I think. No, undoubtedly, yeah, really good show. Okay, so you're gonna have Limp Biscuits come out to very very modern. What about yes. you, Quinn? What are you coming out to? Well, since uh, Real American is taken, um, <laughs> I think. I don't, do you know what? This is a hard one. I think growing up, all I ever wanted was to go, come out to the DX entrance music. I think that was all that. I think that would be my ultimate. But if I was to really go down that road, I thought maybe if you guys know it, there's a song called Sorry, You're Not a Winner by a band, yeah. Enter Shikari. 
I feel like it's got very sort of modern day NXT vibes. Like it's got that kind of like grunginess to it. And then it's got that sort of bang at the beginning, a bit like Seth Rollins' int- entrance music, you know, to just get the crowd going a bit. Okay. That's sounds, yeah, so a bit of a bit of an exciting one. So I'd see you as a bit of a high flyer then, maybe Quinn. I, well, with my weight, I'd hope to think so, but I'm not too sure. <laughs> Wonderful. I've, I've had to change my answer on this because there's a song that I used to really like uh, called Golden Gaze by Ian Brown. It's got a real nice sort of build to it and, and beat, but in recent weeks, Ian Brown has <laughs> maybe fallen down the, the the pecking order of people who I'd maybe want to come out. <laughs> he's, he's on the verge of losing his marbles, shall we say. Is this with him withdrawing from neighbourhoods? Yeah, I've read a bit about that. Yeah, there's there's a few weird things about Ian Brown, but we'll not get into that this week. We won't, no, we won't. <laughs> we'll shelve the Ian Brown chat for now. had quite a, an interesting week in the world of wrestling we've had a new champion crowned on raw i think that's probably the best place to start bobby lashley we spoke about this last week quinn how we did we, we wasn't sure if the miz would hold on to the title but it did feel like it'd maybe be too soon to change the belt um and it wasn't too soon it it was it was a, a two-week reign was it unfortunately i think as the uh we got closer to that monday I think I'd probably, we probably knew what the outcome was going to be. But yeah, it was sad to see such a short reign. And I think it confirms what we said last week, um, or that I said last week, that it was just an excuse to get the briefcase off him as Money in the Bank follows so soon after Mania. I understand it's a hell of a feat. Lastly, it might not be the champion I want to see, but it, it, from what you have read online, read on Twitter, read on Instagram, it, people are a fan of it. It's breaking boundaries. So I... I guess for business, it's the right thing going forward. Yeah, I don't have a problem with him being champion. I'm not sure just completely demolishing the Miz was was necessary. I know they're trying to build him up to be this monster, but they they kind of made their current champion look a bit a bit bad there. Did you watch this one, JB? Did you see Raw this week? Yeah, I've I've, I've caught up with it all this week. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm not the biggest Bobby Lashley fan. I mean, I'm not opposed to him winning it. You know, it's better than a part-time champion or whatever, but I just think it was really harsh to do that to them as he's been there 16 years, man. And the amount he does for the company, I think he, you know, he was owed a little bit more than that. All the yeah. charity stuff that he does and all those kind of things. And he's the best heel they've had for a long time. And he always stays relevant. You know what I mean? He's never been boring. So I think he just deserved a bit longer. Yeah, and no, I agree completely. I think... He, like you say there, you know, from from years of service and <clears throat> effectively doing the job to Lashley, I wonder if he'll maybe get a little bit of a rub somewhere down the line later this year for for basically, you know, make, getting made to look a fool of over the two week reign that he had. Yeah. I wouldn't I mean, be surprised if that was if that was Vince's way of saying thank you for your service. You can have the title for a week <laughs> uh, or two weeks. I wouldn't be shocked if that was his mentality. But I I do hope you're right, and I hope there there is something better for him down the line. Yeah, I was listening to him on. Um, he was on Renee Young Renee Young's podcast the day after he won the title. You can just tell the way he speaks as well how much he, he just he loves it. You know, as long as he's annoying people, he doesn't really care. So I think. He's made a lot of money. He's won a lot of championships. He'll he'll probably be the have the most reigns as the Intercontinental Champion by the time he re- retires, which is a good thing. And he also made that title relevant again, I think. 
Yeah, he did some brilliant work with the Intercontinental title, didn't he? And he's <clears throat> he's the kind of guy you can put him anywhere on, on the card and, and he'll get a tune out of whoever he's wrestling and, and make it a, a relatively compelling storyline. But on to the actual champion now then, so the, the change. Where do we see Lashley's mania ending up? Do you think it's going to be him versus Drew as cut and dry as that? I can. I think they might end up doing Drew v Sheamus. Um, I think you touched on it last week, like kind of doing a best of seven. Maybe they'll do something like that. I genuinely have no clue who the who the line up for Lashley at this point, which scares me because I just I just can smell Goldberg, and I don't want to see it. <laughs> what, what does he smell like? Oh, just brute and mustard and fake tan. I'm sure. Oh yeah, biscuits and yeah, just <laughs> baby biscuits. oil. Yeah, if you are listening, Goldberg, uh, you know, have a shower, lad. What about you, Quinn? Where do we think Lashley's heading? I'm, I'm with Jamie on this one. I think they've got other plans for Miz. I think we know where that's going to go, mm. and we probably have touched on that a bit. So I don't think it, we're looking at a, a, a headlining rematch. Um, I think that Vince has wanted Lesnar, Lashley, for a good few years, so we might see a Lesnar return. But yeah, it's got to be somebody that matches him to that caliber in terms of his size, like height and width. So yeah, I think we're looking at the return of a, of an oldie. It's a shame, really, that Braun Strowman's in such a heated and well planned out feud with Shane McMahon. Cause he'd be good foil, <laughs> wouldn't he, for for Bobby? But yeah, it's uh, yeah, that story's just got to be told, hasn't it? Yeah, we have to see Shane McMahon. What will we do without him in our WrestleMania? This is true. This Can you really true. call it WrestleMania if Shane's not having a throwaway match? It doesn't count. Okay, there was a nice moment at the end of the match. It was MVP handing Lashley the title. This has been doing the rounds on social media as well. And MVP's been with Lashley for some big moments in his career. I've got a lot of time for you. MVP and what he's done since his return. Going before even his Royal Rumble return into his full-time status, uh, you've got to look back at his career. He was the second longest reigning US champion during his WWE run, multiple tag team champion. He was the inaugural IWGP Intercontinental Champion, which for an American person or just a non-Japanese person in general to have an inaugural title holder in that promotion is an amazing feat, which obviously going into that, that's been on to unifying with their championship and is now moving on to this big and bolder title. But yeah, I think there would be no there'd be no Lashley, there'd be no Cedric Alexander, there'd be no Shelton Benjamin, there'd be no hurt business without MVP. And I think he's he's saved some careers this last few months. Yeah, definitely. And I think you mentioned as well that he'd he's one of only a few men to actually hold the United States Intercontinental and now Universal titles. Uh, so Lashley. the way it works for for Lashley, you mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's the it's in the order that he's won it. Um, yeah. So he's one of four people to have won the U.S. title before the Intercontinental, then going into a, a, a heavyweight world championship. Um, I believe that those people are Austin, Kofi, Lashley, John Moxley, formerly formerly Dean Ambrose. Yeah, it is. Which is a strange stat, but it's still a very interesting one. Yeah, because I don't know about you, Jamie, but I always figured that that was just the natural route generally for a lot of wrestlers. I think I always had it in my head that that was kind of the, the general progression that you take. It's strange that only four people have actually done it in that order, isn't it? Yeah, it's definitely, that definitely should be like that. I mean, I'm not opposed to it sometimes, but 
you should earn the right to get there. You know, like it's, John Cena's won 16 world titles, but he's never been the Intercontinental Champion, which is weird to me. Um, I know he did a lot with the US, but... It's the same with Lesnar and, and I read the other day Bray Wyatt, which I didn't realise. Bray Wyatt's never held a mid-card title, but he's multi-time world champion. And Lesnar hasn't held anything other. So it, 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 it happens. It's rare, but it happens. about MVP as well being the inaugural IWGP Intercontinental Champion and there's another story linked to that really with Japan in the form of NXT UK's women's title picture so Jay do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about that match going in? Yeah so Kaylee Ray faced um, Satomura this week didn't she? Um, I'd not really heard of this lady before um, but then I've watched some of the stuff and she's you know she's like Asuka but 10 years older um, okay. So Kaylee Ray beat her, which I was surprised by. I thought they were going to drop the take the title from her because she's had it I know, for I think I, six I years or something. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so Satomura was the finalist in the inaugural um, tournament for the WCW Women's Championship in 1997. So that's how long she's been around. Wow! And I didn't even realize there was a WCW Women's Championship. But there were only two reigns, and it lasted a year, so that's probably why I didn't think there was one. But both both champions were Japanese as well. So, yeah, it's an incredible story. I couldn't believe it when when it got mentioned in the group that she was part of that WCW title scene. I know that obviously wrestlers do appear in both promotions, and we are still talking about possibly Bill Goldberg being in the title match at WrestleMania. But I think for her to be around at a time when it was quite difficult for women in, in, in wrestling to really get anywhere. She's almost stuck around through all the the bullshit, really, and now she's finally getting a bit of an opportunity. I know that she it was in a losing effort to Kaylee Ray, but do we think that Kaylee Ray will ever lose that belt? I think it was a very surprising retain. I think given she's, you know, what we've, what we've touched on in the past, I think she, she is the leading... Um, I think the longest reigning women's champion in WWE modern era. But yeah, so it's just surprising that she retained. I thought it was probably the right time to drop. But then it's to say, how long have NXT UK signed uh, Satomura for? Like, is she there for a gimmick match? Is she there for a long time? I'm, I'm not too sure. Potentially. I, I saw the vignette going into this and we were talking about vignettes earlier. I thought it was, they made her look like a million dollars and... The, the nickname, the final Japanese boss, I think they call her. It's just it's a real cool nickname for a, for a wrestler. She she seems like a legitimate threat. And I think, like you said, Jay, Asuka, but 10 years old, is probably a great explanation for her. So I, I do hope she's there to stay. Yeah, it's a great sign if, if she is. I'm, just, I'm surprised that she wasn't just in the American version, you know, because I'd love to see her in the Yosha Rai fight. So, moving on from the final Japanese boss, links us nicely into the next section, which is about the anniversary of the initial SmackDown game on PlayStation 1. So this is something that you brought to my attention earlier this week, Quinn. It yes, was a, what a game. Oh, it's such a good game. And I need to ask you boys as well, because I played through a lot of these SmackDown games. I'm going to go to you first, Quinn. Favourite ever wrestling game? This one, in, in the context of this conversation, the original SmackDown game for me was incredible. I don't think I've enjoyed one since. Um, oh, really? Um, but possibly, possibly number two. There was number two, Know Your Role. 
Shut Your Mouth was PlayStation 2, but yeah, I think it was just uh, uh, SmackDown 2, Just Bring It. I think that one was probably my, my all-time favourite wrestling game. What about yourself, Jay? Oh, I, the first one for me was, uh, and probably my favourite just because it was so bad looking back now, uh, was No Mercy for the NQ64. That I think that's, one. that's up there in sort of like God tier levels, isn't it, with a lot of people? Yeah. I didn't play a lot of No Mercy when it was first around, so by the time I did pick it up, it was on the back of people saying how good it was. And obviously yeah. by this point, it was like 2008 or nine, and it, like you say, <laughs> there was better choices available, I think, at the time. Uh, but for nostalgia, and I think the the gameplay of it, it's... It's like you said before, Quinn, I don't think there's been much to rival those first early renditions of those games of, of No Mercy and SmackDown. I have really fond memories of Here Comes the Pain. I think I used to play that just endlessly throughout most That was of the one with Lesnar on the front, wasn't it? Les- yeah. Lesnar was on the front of that one, I believe. I think it was Lesnar's breakout year in the WWE, and he was basically unbeatable on that game. You know, If you ever got up against him, he'd just F5 the shit out of you. <laughs> but yeah, yeah the no. most recent games are all they, I, I enjoyed them I still buy them but this most recent one is the most glitchy game that's ever been made I think it gets so much stick it's, it's really not good because they've been with 2k now for like probably 10 years so I think they're changing because it's just getting a lot of stick in terms of structure of the games and I know obviously you said that one's glitchy and, and there's a lot of complaints with it one of my earliest memories of wrestling computer games was I think it must have been around the time that SmackDown had come out, and I I got it for a birthday or a Christmas. So then that theme that uh, theme became a trend, and uh, all of a sudden I was back getting wrestling games off my parents for again birthdays or Christmases or etc. And I got the ECW game for PlayStation <laughs> One, and I I I can't begin to tell you. I remember it loading up on the screen at the time. ECW wasn't on my radar, so I didn't know who anybody was. Um, WWE had signed like RVD. This maybe the invasion angle, so you were getting to know the the breakout stars that we saw, like the Dudleys and Taz and stuff like that. But, oh my God, what a terrible game! <laughs> what a terrible, terrible game! Can you um, remember the first person who showed up during the whole invasion angle? Was it DDP or Booker T? Nope. Quinn. Um, it wasn't Buff Bagwell, was it? It was Lance Storm. Lance Storm. Oh, yeah. He uh, showed that? up in a match in Toronto and uh, super kicked. Uh, I can't remember who he kicked, but yeah, it was Lance Storm. It was a great pop. I watched that Raw the other day because it was, I don't know how I came across it, but yeah, it was Lance Storm. Oh, very nice. He was a top, top, top heel in the, the later days of WCW, I believe. I think at one point he, he had three title belts and he, he'd sort of imprinted the Canadian flag over all three, and the crowds hated him. Like they were going mad, like typical Americans would. They hate, and he was, yeah, he was the top heel for a long period of time. Yeah, Lance Storm was always one of my go-to guys on those old wrestling games. I found myself uh, weirdly drawn to the the technical wrestlers, even though I wasn't probably old enough to appreciate why. I think doing career modes with Dean Malenko and things like that were uh, <laughs> were sort of my bat. Yes, a couple of great games there mentioned. So No Mercy, the original SmackDown for you, Quinn. Listeners, if you want to get in touch with us, we are on Twitter at Fresh on the Heels. We'd love to hear your favourite wrestling game and why. 
if you've got any fond memories as well of any old games that were just terrible, like Quinn's experience with the ECW game, then do let us know and send us send us a link if you can, because terrible wrestling games are, are almost what make you fall in love with the business even more. Okay, so moving on to Wednesday night's action. NXT, there was quite a bit going on with it. It's 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 a it's the best. Pro- I mean, I think this is obvious and, and a general consensus, but it really is their best product at the minute. And and even when it's low, it's the quality is still good. The the stuff they pump out is amazing. Yeah. So I had a think about this on Thursday as I was watching NXT. I was really enjoying the show, and I I was on the same page as you, Quinn, thinking it's the best two hours of wrestling in any company at the minute across the week and it dawned on me that not everything in the show is incredible but because everything has a purpose and everything's moving along the way a wrestling show should you are less or sorry you are more forgiving of the segments that don't quite land so because they're putting on really good matches every week there's a reason for these matches to happen everyone's getting good tv time when they do something that's maybe not as interesting or a little bit off, it's not as standout-ish as it would be on, say, Monday Night Raw. Where are you at the minute, Jay, with NXT? I always love NXT. Always. And like, like Mark said, even when it's not great, it's still good. Um, I think it's down to the fact that Triple H is Triple H's baby and you've got Shawn Michaels and William Regal there and you've not got Vince. And also the fact that it's not three hours long. I think yeah. it really helps. Yeah, I just love it. It's got my boys there. It's got Gargano and Champa, who I could watch all day, every day. Although Champa needs to stop trying to grow his hair out when he's bald. I don't get it. <laughs> it's weird. It's really, I don't know what's going on with him, but you, you look you look like a hobo. Coming um, from a fellow bald person, Jamie. Exactly. Is that, is that it, your... It's bad when it starts getting four or five days. You need to get rid, but this is like six weeks he's growing out. Is... Champa, it's gone. You look like a, a really is... ripped hobo. <laughs> Jamie's public service announcement for each episode today: It's if your hair's going, just get rid. Oh, get rid of it. I mean, he has, and he's a great, he had a great dome. So I don't understand why he's growing out this <laughs> Hulk Hogan graying skullet. It's weird. It's almost like all the barber shops in the world are closed. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't think he needs a barber though. Just well, no, probably. Not. Maybe um, he can trust himself to bick his own head. <laughs> Touching on what you said, uh, Webo, in regards to um, everything has a purpose, and you said that, that some of the segments and some of the, the matches, etc., are not necessarily brilliant, but it, it works. And I think I can connect this to Jamie's mention about how, obviously, how involved uh, Trips is and HBK and Road Dog. We've got to talk about the therapy segment oh. because, in the grand scheme of things, it was adding, that's. The, I haven't seen anything so early noughties sort of attitude era backstage segment in such a long time. It, it was just comedy. It was entertainment. It was daft. It, it was, you know, like whole angle that Gargano was paying the therapist to put them off. Like, it was great. I don't know what you two think, but I just, I really enjoy it. On an outside looker in, if you're not a wrestling fan, you could, wrestling fan, you could probably watch that and think, what is going on? But I just think it was so well written and so well done. Yeah, most definitely. It was one of the highlights of the show for me. And, and this is going back to my point earlier, really, because if you have that segment with, let's just say, for example, The Miz, John Morrison, 
and whoever else and it's on monday night raw because raw itself is so up and down and just feels a little bit pointless at times it it would stand out like a ridiculous segment in a in a really poor show yeah but on nxt because you've got all this action going on in between it and it's brilliant you've also got this to be continued element to it each time you see a little bit more throughout the whole show it was it was absolutely glorious i I wasn't sure if in the end the therapist was going to be working for Loomis, but it turns out that Johnny Gargano was paying her to, <laughs> yeah. to turn the way off of him. And yeah, it was it was absolutely, it was pure ham, but it, it's almost like they let Vince in for a week and just said, yeah, go on then, Vince, you can have, you can have one little segment, because uh, it did feel pure 90s. I'd have liked to see um, Dr. Shelby show up. Kane and Kane and Daniel Bryan's therapist from a few years back. Yeah. He sh- he should have surely made a cameo, but that, missing out on something by not doing that. Another good thing from NXT this week, um, just not to do with the way, but uh, the Imperium uh, watching uh, Thatcher, which is uh, I'd be interested to see how that unfolds because obviously Thatcher used to be a partner with Walter on the Indies and stuff. So hopefully they're gonna go towards that. Maybe a fifth member of Imperium. I don't know. Yeah, so I'd I'd picked up on this, and I know there was a section where Champa sort of dragged Thatcher away from from an interviewer who was asking him questions about Imperium, and they referenced Thatcher's history with Imperium. So, is that prior to being in the company then, or have they had a few yeah. that have missed? Yeah, prior to it, it was um, I think it was Walter, uh, Marcel, Bartel, and Thatcher were like a trio for a while. I don't know where, but they yeah, they've definitely got a, a history. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see. There was also, uh, again, just going to, to sort of how much happens in, in such a short space of time on NXT, the women's title match ended quite controversially. Mm. So the referee got knocked out and Nia Jax wound up pinning, I think it was Dakota Kai, who wasn't legal. No, no, no. Uh, Baze, Baszler um, got her submission move on Dakota Kai. Baszler wasn't the legal man. Right, so Nia was legal, not Shayna, and That's right, Adam yeah. Pearce brought out a Raw referee who ultimately stopped the match from uh, because of submission. Is that correct? Yeah. And this led to William Regal making an announcement that he's going to announce on next week's episode of NXT. I'm, I'm hoping it's going to be something really good and not just NXT's moving to Tuesday nights. I'd like it to be another mid-card title. Me and Quinn have talked about this in the past that we'd love to see the European title brought back and I think NXT would be a good home for it, whether American version or UK. And especially Regal's had the most European championships, so it could definitely fit in. Well, actually, he's had four, as has someone else. There's two joint highest. Anyone know who that is? Throw another one out there. Yeah, I'm loving these questions. I'm going to just take a stab in the dark and say Val Venus. Nope. Is it Al Snow? No. Uh, Al Snow did have that good reign though. It was uh, D'Lo, Brown. D'Lo Brown. Oh, D'Lo Brown. D'Lo Brown. Yeah. He was dealing up D'Lo Brown, the first Euro Continental Champion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, great. But I mean, Al Snow's getting some love on today's show as well. If you are listening, Al, you know, we'd love to have you on. Have you seen Al Snow in recent years? He's massive. He is massive and ripped. He he, uh, he started a brand called Collar and Elbow, like a t-shirt brand, which are pretty cool. So send us some free stuff, Al, and we'll talk about <laughs> yeah, you <more>. definitely. <laughs> Yeah, a mid-card title would be interesting. I don't know if it's going to be something that would link into the the finish of the match. Did he say? Did he mention that it linked to that match particularly? 
So he was being interviewed about it and about Adam Pearce's involvement. So to me, it seems like it would be it would be aligned with what happened there. Yeah, yeah. But I, I don't know what could be done to to sort of link that in. A, a, a mid card title is not a bad shout. I think a European title would be very cool on that show. I didn't know if it was maybe going to be NXT women's tag belts on the back of the Dusty Classic that they've just had as well. But it's going to be interesting. And again, it's a, it's a reason to watch next week if, if he didn't have 100 already to find out what's coming. So I, I, do you know what? More and more I think about it, I actually think you could be right. I think with this, this trying to sort of, obviously, ever since the Evolution pay-per-view and the introduction of the women's tag of the main over the main roster, I think it's more than possible that that's what they might do. I don't think there's enough women, even across NXT UK and regular NXT, I don't think there's enough women to, to, to warrant a second set of women's tags. But... If you're gonna, if you want to start really thinking about it, I know that they are looking to expand NXT, aren't they? I think they've got a couple, maybe two territories ready to go the next twelve months. India yeah, being one, be Mexico coming. being another. So do you know what? If they wanted to make NXT a completely, you know, go that way, it, it's more than possible. And if it, I can't think of another time that the when the women's tag titles have been defended against an NXT tag team. No, I'm not sure it's happened either. And you mentioned as well earlier, Jay, about possibly NXT moving to a Tuesday night. Is this... Do you know the reason that they're talking about this? Because I, I saw the headline, but I haven't read much into it. Is it to get away from the competition of AEW? They'll never admit if it is. It definitely is going to be that, though, isn't it? Vince can't stand losing ratings to anyone, so I think it probably is that. But Unless he's got something else planned for Wednesday nights, but I don't know. Is it on? It's on USA, is it? I believe. So I'm not, yeah. I'm not too sure. I all I saw was that again the same conversation as you guys are having now that are people thinking they're taking it away because of the ratings get the ratings war and that they they lose every week. But I mean, it's it's one show against the third show of another company, so it's it's always going to happen. But we'll see. We'll see. I think I think Tuesday might. I think it might be a good shout for them. Yeah, possibly. Uh, like I say, it's interesting to see what will come of that. And it links us nicely, actually, into the next segment on AEW. Uh, obviously, Paul White, the big show, has been signed to AEW, which got a few people talking. It's a bit of a surprise for me. I don't know exactly how he'll be used, but one thing that he did mention on his first appearance was that AEW have signed a new talent and they're going to be revealed on their next show. There's a pay-per-view this weekend, actually, isn't there? I don't know if they're going to be announced on that, or if it's going to be on television next Wednesday. The I big... can answer that question, Webbo. Oh, go ahead. Uh, so it's going to be, according to Tony Khan on Twitter today, it's going to be a live contract signing on the pay-per-view on Sunday. Of course, that just makes good business sense as well, doesn't it? To get people. So it's got to be big. It's got to be big. So someone's getting put through a table on Sunday, then. <laughs> so who who are we thinking it might be then I'll throw over to you first Jay oh I don't I don't know if it's going to be because they've said it's someone Hall of Fame worthy that's what that's what big uh, Paul White said um, Paul White now does he mean wrestling Hall of Fame worthy or some other Hall of Fame I don't know because they seem to like celebrities at the moment so I hope it's not another basketball player um, well, so I'm, I'm, I'm presuming it's wrestling yeah, to calm your nerves there, I've read that Tony Khan has said that this person is uh, one of his favourite wrestlers to watch. 
So I, I don't think it's going to be Shaquille, if that's what you're worrying about. Right. Okay, <laughs> but yeah, okay, the, the wording of it, where he said it, it, the Hall of Fame worthy, it's it sent the internet into a bit of a a bit of a guessing game because they presume that they're not already Hall of Fame on the back of those words. Yeah, so I'm thinking potentially Christian, although I'd like to see him in WWE with Edge, or maybe <laughs> could it be Brock Lesnar? Because he's a free agent. <laughs> I'd love it to be CM Punk, but I don't think that's going to be the case, especially with such a small crowd. I think they'd be a waste. Oh, completely. Okay. What about you, Quinn? Who are you thinking it might be? I'm glad you asked. Okay. As I spend a lot of my time reading theories, um, one, two, sorry, that I've read over the last couple of days, uh, one interesting one was a slip up on Big Paul White's part. Supposedly, he said the word evolution, not revolution, which is the name of the pay-per-view on Sunday, which has got the uh, what culture and the wrestling world thinking that it could be Batista. Okay. Again, he was meant to be a Hall of Famer this year, but he, had, he it never went through, so it never happened. So that will maybe answer to the Hall of Fame worthy. And also, he has expressed his opinions that he thinks WWE isn't as strong as it once was. So that's that could be interesting. The second theory, which I saw moments before we started recording today's podcast, was that Kurt Angle released a vignette this morning um, of himself um, in going through sort of like in his in his ring gear with his medals, in his in his his t-shirts that his branded t-shirts that he's had his sayings and stuff over the time. But no, and it just says to be continued at the end of the vignette. Um, there's nothing else, no signs of anything. And he's I know he was released. Uh, by WWE not too long back. So again, I know he's already in the Hall of Fame, but he's he he expressed himself that he wanted to continue going in WWE, and they just had nothing for him. Yeah, interesting. Batista would be huge, I think. I'd, I'd not really considered that, and I don't know if that's maybe a little bit of a clever turn of phrase by Paul White to to suggest that. Or if it was maybe done deliberately to to whip up some hysteria, so we're thinking maybe, maybe or, maybe or the fact that Paul White's not that good on the mic. <laughs> yeah, I think it was probably just a mistake. Yeah, I don't think it will be Batista, um, and I hope it's not Kurt Angle because he, I just I'd rather remember him for his great matches, and he's becoming a bit of a shell of himself. He's he's got a lot of atrophy, you know. He's losing, he's wasting in his arms, and he he can hardly stand like a normal human. Yeah, so he's I, got I don't, a really weird like. Uh, posture hasn't he now because of everything that's happened. I mean he's okay in WWE the little bits he did you know the the tag match of Ronda against Triple H and Stephanie that was okay because he wasn't really the focal point so I I, I hope it's not Kurt but maybe I don't know I'm thinking John Cena (laughs) (laughs) the face of the franchise is going to finally do that heel turn um, oh. it's, it's going to be on the WWE instead of in the WWE. It'd just be it'd be Hogan esque man, and and Cena's so closely linked to Hogan that it would be it would be the biggest story in wrestling ever. I think if John Cena rocks up at AEW this weekend, he could use Hogan's Mister America uh, gimmick, and then Vince will never know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, what you touched on, Jamie, about what Tony Khan said. Uh, oh, sorry, Weber, what you said about him being he's one of his favourite wrestlers. I think Jericho mentioned as well on Twitter that it was it was one of his favourite wrestlers to wrestle or is one of the best wrestlers of all time. Like he kind of mentioned. So just to add to the fact that he definitely is going to be a wrestler and it's going to be somebody that we know. Um, so, yeah, I think we'll, we'll all be, we'll 
we're either going to be completely shocked Monday morning or incredibly disappointed. Uh, I'll throw it over to you first, Quinn. Glad to see Brian against Reigns at Fastlane. Uh, yeah, I think we both know the outcome, or all three of us, sorry, know the outcome. Um, but I think it'll be an interesting match. I, I still never really got why they had the tag match lined up anyway. I do feel like maybe we do need to see a bit more of Edge leading into Mania. I know he's made it very apparent that he wants to face these people and he wants to be there full time, but we need to start seeing that. Um, I've got very mixed opinions on whether I want him want that match to become a triple threat though. I think it'd be interesting to watch it. I need, he needs to be doing something at Mania because it's Daniel Bryan. But I don't know if I don't know if I personally think that match needs to be a triple threat. I know that people think it could be the case because he'll take the pin, which gets the win, and Roman doesn't look weak. But I don't know. I think that could just is cemented better cemented as just Edge v Roman Reigns. But as far as the fast lane match, yeah, I'm excited to see it. What about you, Jay? Yeah, I think it'll be a good match. Um, Brian cut a promo at the start of the night, uh, which was really good, um, talking about you know his being at WrestleMania and how he he loves wrestling and he's there every week and etc. So, if, if, imagine if he wins. I know it won't happen, but I'd quite I wouldn't mind seeing a triple threat either. I can see Edge having an impact in the match at Fastlane in one way or other. I can potentially see Jey Uso getting involved. Edge trying to spear him, missing him, getting Brian, and then you can lead it into that way. You know, I think it'll be a, a good match and it'll be interesting. I I can see it being a triple threat in the end. Yeah, I'd be I'd be well up for seeing the triple threat. I, I agree as well with you, Quinn. That it's always it's always nice to just have the the winner of the rumble and the champion just go off on a one on one. And I think Edge and Reigns would be a great match. I just whether it leads to Brian being in that main event or not, it's just great to see him in a position on the card where he's being utilised, he matters, everything that he's doing matters, He's he is Mr Wrestling, like I think that, like you say Jay, that promo that he cut at the beginning of the night, it was so good because it was all true, and yeah, you mentioned that he's had more matches in the last three weeks than Reigns and Edge have had combined over the last three months, Yeah, and, and that goes back to your point Quinn, you know, Edge does need to maybe be a little bit more visible, but I can understand why they're maybe keeping him at arms like for the time being. What what are your boys' opinions on on the main event? Do do we think that Reigns comes out of WrestleMania as champion still, or do we think Edge or, or maybe even D Bry? I think Edge will most likely win just because it's it's the nostalgia and it's the comeback. But and normally on every other day I would yes, Edge please win. And and any any other version of Roman Reigns, yes, please win. But I think this current character that Reigns has got, the head of the table thing, I just think it it hurts him to lose the title to to a forty eight year old. I've never thought of it like that. You know, that's but, such a great but, shout. But hence why maybe add Brian in. So, like you said, Quinn, he doesn't have to take the pin. I think that that that's the way to let Edge win it because I think they need to protect this version of Reigns still, and I don't I don't think losing to Edge is great for that you, character. You know what? You're absolutely spot on. I never, I've never thought of it like that at all. All I was thinking about a couple of days ago when I was yesterday when I was watching SmackDown, I thought if Edge wins, because in my head that's a no-brainer. It's hundred percent. Edge is going into Mania and he's walking out champion. What I was thinking the follow-up to it is, 
what do you do with that head of the table character when he's not a champion? Like, where, where do you go with that? So, maybe if Edge isn't planning to keep that title very long, if D-Bry gets put in that match, takes the pin, Edge wins, and then the next pay-per-view, Reigns gets it back, and they're kind of like, that's his whole angle, and he just berates it, and then Edge goes off to do something else. Maybe it's a tag title run with Christian, or, you know, he challenges Big E for the IC title. I don't know, because he's, you know, he's, he wants to be, he wants to come back and be full-time, like he keeps saying. But yeah, I've never thought of it in, in terms of it will damage Roman's heel. So it's interesting. And knowing what Edge is like, I, I used to listen to all his, his podcasts and, and me and Quinn saw him do a, a spoken word show and you, you can just tell he's a he's a very humble, nice guy and he's there to improve the product and elevate people. So he probably will be saying, let Reigns beat me. But obviously it's not up to him. Um, but I think he'd, he'd be happy to put Reigns over and it wouldn't hurt Edge to lose. Exactly. Yeah, I, for, for me, I only see it really going one way with Reigns retaining at Mania. I can't see him dropping the belt anytime soon, particularly not to, to Edge or, or Brian. I think if you do include Brian in that triple threat, if it does become that, that's someone that Reigns can possibly pin just to keep Edge looking strong moving forward. But glad that he won the Rumble, and I think it is like the nostalgia trick of it all. I think he's, he's back in a position where everybody's going to be watching him and rooting for him. And I think that is just prime ammo then to have heel Reigns beat him, keep the belt, keep as the head of the table. You, you know, I, I don't see it going any other way with, with Reigns and Mania. You could potentially see if uh, if the Goldberg-Lashley uh, comes to fruition, which I hope not, to both title matches, all four men will have the same finisher. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. Four, four spears. My other theory, just touching on that main event, is that we do see Lesnar return to face Lashley. Lashley retains, and then Roman retains, and then Lesnar attacks Roman, and then leading into uh, Heyman's my bitch type feud. I think they'll they'll want that eventually as well. Or I think Vince will want that eventually, sorry. Be tricky for Lesnar though, won't it? Because he'll be busy on Wednesday nights in AEW by that point. (laughs) <laughs> this, is, yeah, this is true <laughs> Brock Lesnar and Big Paul White tag team champ <laughs> <laughs> Big Paul White no more Big Paul White okay so yeah elsewhere on Smackdown we saw an interesting Apollo Crews segment I know you had a bit of thought on that Jay so do you want to talk to our listeners about this new Nigerian royalty gimmick yeah I mean I'm, I'm fine I, I like a, I like heel Apollo I hated face Apollo I think it was just too baby face clean I'm smiling happy. So I'm happy that he's a heel and he's getting he's getting time, but I don't know how you can... He's adopted Kofi's accent and changed it, and I don't understand how, how you can gain an accent. And now he's got bodyguards and... Yeah, and he's carrying around a shovel or a mop or something. I don't, I don't really understand it. I just want to mention that in last week's episode, if you uh, watch it back and listen to all our listeners... That Webbo was very confident on the progression of Apollo Cruz's heel turn. Yeah, that's, that's he, gone. That's gone. And, <laughs> and he was very confident that it was the right direction. A week later, <laughs> with the Nigerian accent and the bodyguards, and what I thought for a long period of time was a spade in his hand. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, what's your opinion now, Webbo? Do you know what? I, I couldn't be more gutted because I'm, I'm with you, Jay, on liking heel Apollo. I thought last week 
when he came out and said all that stuff, it was like, yeah, fucking let's have let's have heel Apollo do his thing for a bit, have a great feud with Big E. Doesn't necessarily need to win the IC title. This week, I just sat with my head in my hands. I thought for a second that I'd sat on the remote and I'd put balls of steel on for a minute because can you remember the militant black guy off balls of steel? <laughs> Honestly, yeah. it was just the most cringeworthy thing, and it would be fine just as it was last week I think the bodyguards being there in the military gear and the the Nigerian accent it just felt really uncomfortable for me because Apollo wasn't particularly good at it either I think if he can switch between the two like if if he's got that native accent that has been in his family that's fine but he wasn't very good at it and it felt like he was just taking the piss in the end it did seem a bit like that, didn't it? It felt, it felt, last week, it, it felt natural and felt organic. This week, it felt gimmicky. And I understand that's what it is. But I think it's a case of Vincent K has sat there and gone, people like that, add more. And yeah. and, he, and he's saturated, yeah, he might be the fastest saturation of any gimmick he's ever done. God, poor Apollo, man. Just when, <laughs> I mean, I just when there was a flicker of hope. Is there anything else you wanted to add before we... The SmackDown Tag Team Champions weren't on SmackDown again. And I don't... It winds me up. Uh, you're referring to the Dirty Dogs? The Dirty <laughs> Dogs. And yeah. I love Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> yeah, we did, we did have words about this, Jay. Quinn, Quinn did warn me prior to bringing you into our three-man booth that you're, oh. a, that you're a Ziggler. He's so good, but yeah, Ziggler we could save that for a. Uh, we can do a whole episode of Ziggler. It's got to be interesting to talk about Ziggler one day, but it, we can't speak about him today because, he, like you say, he wasn't there. There was a nice thing that we saw on social media as well with regards to the top titles in WWE. I think when we spoke about it earlier in our WhatsApp group, we actually realised that it extends beyond just the top champions. It was that the Raw Women's Champion, the SmackDown Women's Champion the WWE Champion and the Universal Champion heading into WrestleMania for the first time ever are all people of colour. We spoke, I know Quinn mentioned that there's Big E with the Intercontinental title. The the Raw Tag Team Champions as well, the Hair Business. Uh, you mentioned as well, Jay, that one half of the, the Women's Tag Team Champions is Samoan as well. I think if you look even further down, we've got Escobar on NXT and we've also got Io Shirai, who's the Women's Champion. The diversity across the company from top to bottom in, in high positions on the card as champion. There's just a, a real effort being made at the minute by WWE and I think it should be something that is celebrated that all of their champions and maybe what you've been used to seeing over the years. Just topping on what we mentioned last week about the women's title match as well between Sasha and Belair, it's just amplifying that, that diversity and, and, and a right step forward for, for WWE going into such a big pay-per-view. So, we're going to end the show this week with a new segment. It's a, a section I like to call Professional Guestler. So, I'm going to give you boys some clues as to a professional wrestler. If you think you know who it is after the clue, I want you to say your buzzwords. We haven't got buzzers, we haven't got the budget for it. But Quinn, if you know the answer, you're going to shout, Woo! And Jay, <laughs> okay. if you know it, you're going to shout, Suck it. Okay. Okay. There are around six or seven clues for each 
wrestler. And the first person to win, there are three in total, so it's a best of three. No Googling. I'll hear you typing if you do cheat and the listeners will be outraged. But the first clue for the first wrestler. I was born December the 11th, 1974. My debut in professional wrestling came in 1989. I once shared a nickname with a Liverpool striker. Whenever you're ready, boys, you can start Suck guessing. It. Suck it. Okay, we're going to go over to Jamie. Who, who do we think it is? Oh, no, I don't want to do it. But I was going to say Owen Hart, but that's not right. Owen Hart is not correct. No. Okay. I have wrestled for ECW, WCW, and WWE. I have held World, Intercontinental, and United States titles. This is hard. I have won the Men's Royal Rumble match. My signature move is named after my local area code in my hometown of California. Suck it. Over to Jamie. Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio is correct. That was the final clue there, boys. Oh, Jesus, that, that was, was a poor show. That was, was hard. That, was that I was difficult? trying to think how old. I was trying to do the maths. The yeah, whole time. It's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be tricky. Okay, I didn't so, I didn't realise Rey Mysterio was in ECW. Yeah. yeah, he was, yeah. He also was known as El Nino at one point, which is the kid. It was the nickname for Fernando Torres and he was at Liverpool. Oh. Ah, okay. Okay, so second wrestler, you both ready? Yep. Are your brain's nope. working now. Yeah. Okay, I just wanna test these buzzers out as well. So Quinn, if you could just test your buzzer for me. Woo! Nice, and, and Jay, I know yours is working because you were the only person to guess in the last round, but if you could just give me a suck it one more time. <laughs> suck it! <laughs> okay, so I was born in Florida in 1969. I was trained by Boris Malenko, father of Dean. My real name is David William Heath. My in-ring name was suck based... It. Oh, we've had a suck it. Jamie, who do you think? Is it Gangrel? Wow. It is Gangrel. Jamie, oh, what? Nerd <laughs> Wowza. Yeah, I guess, I guess from oh. David William Heath, you got that, did you? Yeah. I don't know why I knew that was his name, yeah. Nice. Um, I know him and Rikishi have a wrestling school, and I think he uses his real name. They trained, oh, cool. uh, they trained, they trained Rusev, so, yeah, I don't know. I just knew the name. Very impressive. So the remaining clues there was my in-ring name was based on a character in a video game, which was Vampire the Masquerade. I have been in stables with Christian and The Undertaker. In November 2020, I debuted for All Elite Wrestling in a match between Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara. And then the last clue was, I was a vampire. <laughs> okay, so it's it's all over, Quinn. Uh, but for Pride, we're going to do the third wrestler. So you've got, you've got to try to get this back to 2-1 if you can, because otherwise it'll just be a... Embarrassing. I'm not going to go easy either. I'm not going to. I'm not going to let him have it. Oh, I like it. I like it. Okay. <laughs> so, first clue. I was born in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, in 1975. The name I debuted under was my name throughout my entire career. I was involved in a huge storyline heading into WrestleMania 17. I'm a former one-time hardcore champion. Whenever you're ready, lads. Ooh. I was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2013. Oh, I'm a former three-time WWE 
Babe of the Year and was also voted Diva Suck of the it. Decade. Oh, fuck, I've got it as well. I've got it. Trish Go Stratus. on. Trish Stratus. Yeah. Trish Stratus is correct. Yeah. Literally, yeah. I was. it was on the... T- yeah. Well done. Well done. A three I wasn't even thinking women until... Yeah. Yeah, she's was, right. Was, she's yeah. right. She uh, she won the hardcore title, didn't she? I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to go down that route with misleading you both. The final clue is in December 2004, I was involved in the main event of Raw for the women's title in a match against Lita. So, yeah, 3 0 on, on our first episode of Professional Guest. Well done. Well done, Jamie. Quinn, I've just got two words for you. <laughs> you shite. <laughs> You're shy. And on that note, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. You can find us on Twitter at Fresh on the Heels. We'll also be launching on Instagram as well later this week. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, Jay. It's great to have you on board. Any final words before we go on your first episode? Uh, no, it's, just, it's good to be here. And I'll uh, see you next week, brothers. Brother, brother, brother. What about you, brother. Quinn? Anything to say to our lovely listeners? Uh, just thanks for tuning in again. And uh, uh, we'll see you next week. See you next week, guys. Thank you.